I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. Cindy Watts. It's the dad joke box. It's the dad joke box. Are are you ready? It looks like an iPhone. Yes. No, no. This is this is a place where I keep all my dad jokes. That's what I'm saying. It's it's the dad joke box. It, it's important. Um, yes. Uh, because it's been a minute since I've seen you. Yes. Uh, I have all sorts of of dad jokes. Excellent. You've been researching for good ones. Well, I, it's debatable. Okay. But you ready? I'm ready. Finally, my winter fat has gone. Now I have spring rolls. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say, now I have loser fat. (laughs) (laughs) This is why you don't write dad jokes and you stay in your journalism lane. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're called dad jokes and not mom jokes. (laughs) Who hides in the bathroom at parties? Drunk people. The party pooper. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Uh, that might be my most favorite one. Yeah. You think so? That's your I favorite? I have to remember like, that to uh, tell my children when oh I pick them Lord. up from school today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. This is... Uh... <laughs> okay. Uh, I thought about telling you this one when I when I first ran across it. And uh, I just... I, I, I can't help myself, so I'm going to do it today. Okay. I love my job. You yes. know, lately... Colleagues have been writing names on the food in the office refrigerator. Yeah. Uh, so I'm currently eating a yogurt called Susan. How cute. Is that it? That's it. Do you ever put your name on? Do you have a shared refrigerator at, at any of your jobs? No, I, I have an office so in my then, house. So then this was not funny. Well, People I mean, put their name on their food. Oh, I know. I, I used to work in a newsroom. Okay. I just didn't think it was funny. Oh, I'm currently eating a yogurt called Susan. How cute. Precious. <sighs> okay, you ready? Like This th- is this is my makeup one because okay. that one didn't work. No. So I, now I have to, to make it a full three. Hat trick. Here okay. we go. Here we go. After my failed attempt at growing vegetables this year, I've decided to become a music producer. I've got a ton of sick beats. <laughs> See, that worked, didn't it? <laughs> that worked. I also I also planted peas, carrots, and tomatoes yesterday. You did? I did, but no beets. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> my sick beats. Your sick beats. Because my beets would definitely be sick. <laughs> and so would you if you ate them. Uh, so today's uh, installment here in 52, and we're getting near to the to the end of the actual songs. I know. It's, I know. It's, and I keep getting all sorts of requests on, hey, can you guys just keep going? Can you? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do 53 songs for my 53rd birthday. Well, but you know, the, the whole thing is, you know, the, the, the bonus tracks. The bonus tracks are fun. Oh, yeah. We can do bonus tracks. Yeah. They don't have to be 53 songs for their birthday. It could just be. The 52 extended version. Oh, I love this. Yeah. It's like 
Christian Bush Midnights. I, yeah. <laughs> I can do acoustic versions and put them. I, I saw the other day that single-handedly Taylor Swift is bringing back the compact disc. I love it. Yep. I have a, I still have a compact disc player in my car. It's the only one left. Do you think that anyone younger than us remembers that that's what the full name of it is? They just call them CDs and they don't really remember. I don't think my kids know what CDs are. Do you, you going to teach them that it's like certificates of deposit? <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, no, I'm going to be like, look how cool this book is that you get oh, yeah. with your music. Yeah. Have you read this thing and about the music? What do you mean? Oh, you mean this? Oh no, no, you can't look at that. You're too young. You're, yeah, you can't, you can't see it. <laughs> see, yeah, all you have to do is scarcity. Right. Is what brings them through. Right. You're not old enough to see this yet. That's right. Well, you know what? That's a perfect segue into what we're going to listen to today. Awesome. Today, it's the You're Not Old Enough for This Channel set of songs. Oh, my. Oh, my. This is Skinamax late at night. <laughs> Christian Bush getting <laughs> sexy. <laughs> We have been listening. If you've been following this podcast the whole time, you know that my anxiety of writing sexy songs is through the roof. Like I want to do them, but I can't. Yes, you can. Well, they don't, they don't turn out as sexy as they do in my brain, but, um, but nevertheless, like some sort of like guy who can't stop eating French fries, I'm back again, trying again to make this work. So, uh, this week. We're going to have uh, two songs, okay. obviously. Uh, the first song off, 52, um, is uh, uh, the sexy song, um, This Is How Love Sounds. And it is paired with probably what I thought was one of my sexier numbers earlier in life, which uh-huh. obviously we've established is, I don't, I, I cannot judge it well, but it is on the extended version, mm-hmm. uh, the bonus the bonus Con- content yep. that I uh, originally wanted to put on Southern Gravity. There's a song called So Smooth. Yes. And I wrote that with a man named Adam Eckersley, who's an artist in Australia. Mm-hmm. And it was for his record. And uh, I sent the demo to him and I was like, man, that was hot. <laughs> and then uh, years later, um, he emailed me. He's like, hey, man, um, I married that girl that we wrote that about and she and I want to sing it as a duet. And I was like, Oh my gosh, they're going to be having sex while singing this song. Which is how you wrote. This is how love sounds. Oh my God. You just made me blush. There you go. That was, how did that? Oh God. Yeah. All right. Uh, your history of sexy songs is what? What do you mean my history of sex? Are, are there any songs you turn off when they come on the radio so that the kids don't hear them? <laughs> well, this is in line with that story, but so years ago, lots of years ago, Jason Aldean had this song called uh, Burning It Down. <laughs> and Kansas May, who's now 13, I believe was in kindergarten at the time. And we were in the car rider line dropping her off mm-hmm. in the morning. The song comes on the radio. She goes, Mommy? Why 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 is that man crawling through the dark? Cause there's a there's a there's a line in the song about crawling through the dark. Sure. Mommy, what's on fire? Mommy? Um I was like, baby, it's time to get out of the car. 
You didn't do the quick thinking mother. Oh, that's about a candle. Uh, no, because my brain just froze. <laughs> and, and and there was more. I just because like I said, that gosh, that was a lot of years ago now. But it was like every line was like worse than the last as far as innuendo goes. And my kid was like, what's that happening? What's that happening? What's going on? What's that happening? So then that night, we're at the BMI Awards. And I believe that song was written by Florida Georgia Line, maybe. I think that's right. And I saw them. I'm like, y'all wrote this song and this is what happened today. <laughs> You're holding them accountable. In the car at- rider line at school with my six-year-old. And they go, that that wasn't our line. Somebody else wrote that. Oh, yeah, And yeah. I was like, okay, then. Uh-huh. You let them off the hook? Yeah. Well, yeah. My um, my kids, it's interesting. when you d- Yours are different. Yours are all up in the music. My kids are like. They could care less. They could care less. We'll go to a show. They'll be like, can we just play backstage with the other kids? Uh-huh. Like they have no perception of. Of what they've. Yeah. Well, no. it's really interesting. It's just what your parents do. It is. It's just what your. It's what your parents do. I, I remember having this very, very. And I'm going to like drop a whole bunch of stuff on your foot right now, like names and shit. Okay. But um, I had a very odd re- r- r- moment happen in my life where um, in going through my divorce, I was invited to the White House for a state dinner and ended up taking my son <laughs> as my date. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Uh, thinking this would be super cool for him. You know, yeah. and uh, we get there and we sit down and we're at uh, Jill Biden, Dr. Biden's table mm-hmm. and uh, and she sits right next to him uh-huh. and uh, of course starts striking up a conversation. Well, she's a she's a teacher, right? R- right. And he's a kid. It, yes. And it turns out that her grandkids and this was the Obama White House mm-hmm. uh, uh, and uh, the, the president and, and Michelle's children all went to the friend school mm-hmm. in uh, DC and Tucker go went to the friend school in Atlanta. So immediately they were talking about the friend school cause they all teach the same stuff. And I was sitting there and I was just, it was like the whole world was getting a little queasy to me. Everything was shaking and moving a little because Holy smokes. My 11 year old is like chatting up <laughs> Joe <laughs> Biden right now. And on top of that, she was like, uh, you know, Tucker, it's just great to meet you. And, um, you know, have you met the Obama's kids? Right. And, and he was like, well, 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 no. And of course I read him the riot act of what you can and cannot speak to and how you speak to people. Like your manners have to be on like 11 right, right. now. And, uh, Sure enough, <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this story, but uh, it's for the same reason. Sure enough, like at some point, uh, Michelle Obama rolls over, right? And is like, hey, Tucker, you want to go play with the girls? And of course, I'm like, you need to say no because you need to decline this wonderful offer and stay here with your father and blah, blah, blah. And, and he was like, yeah. And he stood up and just took like three steps out and she was just like pointed him to the stairs and i obviously 
the, oh, this has happened to other people because Joe Biden looked at my face as it turned white and I got mm-hmm. all the blood's draining from my body. And I, now I can't protect my child. Now I've got a, a, a child loose in the, and, White House. In the White House. And, and she looks at me and she's like, hey, look, it's totally fine. This is literally the safest place you could have your kid running around someone's house. And I had to laugh to myself, hold it together and just sort of sit there. And as I was retrieving my child later Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that we were suddenly like, Hey, you want to go down and, you know, hang out in the bowling alley or whatever it was that we were doing. Uh, after the dinner, I, I realized that those kids were just like Tucker unimpressed with what their parents did. It's just what their parents do. And to whatever degree, it's also a little embarrassing, minus the two or three cool things you might, you know, like, oh, it's a never-ending Coca-Cola bottle or something. Right. Oh, there's as many jelly beans as you want to eat. You know, like, whatever the small perk is, otherwise, you're an annoying parent. Oh, yeah. And that is never lost on me. Because I think to myself... Geez, when I was growing up, my parents and my grandparents owned this cannery that pretty much employed the whole town. And I had not had any cognizant knowledge that I mattered in any way. But in retrospect, I can understand that all I was doing was being aware of the fact that this is my dad. And I mean, he's not special. And that's my granddad. And he's not special. But they're my granddad. Okay, you have to pause this right now. I can't stand it. There is a spider crawling all over you. It's on your neck. It's on your sweater. Now it's on top of your headphones. I got him. Okay. He's right here. Okay. And he's he died. <gasps> is that you were having a little spider anxiety <laughs> watching it happen? Well, no, you know what that is? That was a love spider because we're about to talk about love songs. Holy crap, Christian. So, uh, burning it down, you didn't even like want to talk to your kids about the fact that could be like a rolled marijuana cigarette. My kids don't know what that is. (laughs) Your kids are from East Tennessee. It's the other cash crop of Cock County. Well, I understand that, but we're from (laughs) Sevier County where they do that there too. Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah, no, they don't know what that is. Okay. Are you ready for your first song? I'm ready for my first Okay. Uh, early on in the world of Christian trying to write songs with people in Nashville. Yeah. I wrote this with Jeff Cohen and John Knight, which if you try to spell his, his name, it is the alternate spelling of John and the alternate spelling of Knight. Oh, I know. I've written about him before. Okay. And I love yeah. John very much. And he is like the kind of guy that always has clean fingernails. <laughs> right. He's that guy. And you know what I'm talking about, right? It's like, it's not, not, not like a, a, a serial killer, but a, like a normal dude, but also clean, always clean. And, uh, what I thought was amazing about John is his effortless control of, uh, of music makes it sound like he's not trying. Mm-hmm. And I'd always think that's super cool with, with um, writers and creators when it uh, even performers, when I hear them sing and I'm like, wow, you're not even sweating. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it sounds like uh, things are falling out of you rather than you are thinking about the word. You're thinking about the melody. You're thinking it like, I don't hear him thinking at all. <laughs> it's as if he's just like naturally 
brilliant, right? And then Jeff Cohen, um, and I write with him all the time, but Jeff and I have known each other for years and we both have the same 90s sensibilities, right? Mm -hmm. And um, as we were getting into this song, uh, and I remember it wrote very quickly, um, it was surprising how every time I would come up with a line that would be like, well, let's, let's make this better, but here's the sexy version. They Mm -hmm. were like, Oh, and they would up the sexy on each line that I put out. And I was like, Oh wow. I'm kind of nervous. I'm not sure I can even sing this song. (laughs) And then, um, also at the time, uh, and, and we can talk about this in, in the next few episodes, but, um, my history as a singer has not been as a lead singer. It has been as a a person in a duo Mm -hmm. and many times you're in a support position and in both Billy Pilgrim and in Sugarland, the, um, the, the singers that I'm singing with are incredible singers. Like their range is very, very big. They can sing very low and they can sing very high and they have control in both places. So when you talk about a singer's power range or their, their, their sweet spot or their, um, the place where they're most emotional when they're singing, they have so many options, which means as your support personnel, as your person who's singing harmony to all that, Mm -hmm. I have to be able to sing in every single possible place. And I don't have a very dynamic voice. So I learned how to move my voice around in lots of different ways, whether I was singing too high for my range or too low for my range, there was no option of me going, Oh, can't you make me sound good? Because the, the intention was, can I make, the song sound good. Right. Right. Um, so not until maybe the recording of this song, did I realize how low my voice was. And at some point I kept thinking to myself, well, I should probably sing up here where I'm popular in Billy Pilgrim. Right. Or I should probably, you know, sing in the way that, um, that I hear Jennifer sing when she sings. So halfway through this song, I start letting my cannon go. Like, my voice can be very loud, but only in a certain range. So it, when you're listening, I, I, this is kind of a fun thing to listen for is when do I finally jump up the octave? Cause you don't really think of Christian Bush as a giant singer. You just think of, uh, me as a, a very character voice. Right. And in this song, because I kept it so low, all the time. And I was keeping it low because, you know, sexy, I thought was low. You're doing your Richard Sturban impression. Oh, yeah. Uh, and my Isaac Hayes, <laughs> as you can see here right. in our studio, um, I have on the wall, uh, six Isaac Hayes records here leaned up against the uh, wall. You do. And you start to, if you ever want to go really having fun with the internet, go ask the internet about Isaac Hayes and you will find out how, incredible and in like diverse and how many things this guy made anyway that's a side thing well i love that i just invoked isaac hayes before we listened to a sexy song you did that's good all right uh from 52 this year this is this is how love sounds Floor, slow drip as the coffee pours. Your favorite song drifting in. You sing along every now and then. Tiptoe down the hallway dancing. The 
I figure I don't really know what love looks like. I'm not even sure what it might feel like. But I definitely could tell you in my realm of experience, maybe what it sounds like. That was my thought process at the time. I think it's great. See? And then I think it makes other people think what love sounds like to them. Yeah. And notice I did not say moaning or yelling or slapping. Like there was no... (laughs) Like, love sounds like all these romantic things. There's no burning it down. <laughs> you come up with a more, like a sexier word than yelling. <laughs> Gosh. Yes. Okay, now, just out of curiosity, do you think that Jason Aldean could ever sing that song? Or would you just not believe him when you get to the Al Green and the Shakespeare line? My brain is being real mean right now. Okay. Let it. Hey, if you can't say something nice. All right. All right. All right. We will. We will travel forward. Um, What do you think makes a sexy song? Is it the explicitness of it or the 
empty spaces. I honestly, I, I think it's probably different for everyone. I think what makes a song sexy is how people relate to it and what their personal experiences are and how they tie those to what they're hearing. I think. Otherwise, it, it's, 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 it's noise that blocks out the rest of the world while you do the thing that you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think that, uh, I mean, uh, the song that was playing while you were doing it, I mean, if you accidentally were just left the radio on and the Macarena came on and now every time you hear the Macarena, you're like, Ooh, I don't think so. It it works like that. It's funny because that was just never something that I thought about until we started doing this podcast. We've talked about it several times. I I bring it up all the time. So now I started paying attention. And I think for me, if you're doing that and you're thinking about the song, then somebody's doing something wrong. Oh, yeah. I don't, I mean, if, if the, if, if your brain is on what's on the radio and not what's happening bes- in front of you. you. Yeah. 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 Well, I do think that something sets the mood though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I personally like Megan the Stallion cause she's nasty. I, I, I tried that after you suggested it. You did. Yeah. Hey, uh, it's a thing. Like it puts your brain into like a, I would never, Oh my gosh. Did she say that? Oh, Oh, that's hot. You know, like, like, I can't believe you said that. And then if you let your playlist run and it starts to magically pick other things that it thinks you want, mm-hmm. you, that's a rabbit hole that's legit. Like, you got to be careful <laughs> what gets served up next. God. Oh, my. Um, so uh, this next song, I, I think I wrote uh, How Love Sounds before I wrote So Smooth. So... Um, I, I talk about this with other writers and other artists and it's typically a question that I ask them, like, do you find yourself rewriting a song over and over again as if somehow you're circling a masterpiece version of that topic or you feel unsatisfied, like in the last version of something, you didn't really hit it the way you wanted to, you know, uh, communicate your emotion. Um, and almost all of them say yes, almost all of them. And not only that, especially in, uh, artists that are also their own writers, they will even point to me and say on this record, here's the song on this record, here's the song. And I kept trying to do it four records later because I was just unsatisfied. Like I knew this was a thing I wanted to say, but I, I just hadn't said it right. So I tried again. Um, so sometimes I think about this this way because uh, in the song that we're going to listen to so smooth to compare these two, I did the same thing where I was aware that if I jumped my voice an octave mm-hmm. into a place where you're like, I didn't know you could sing up there, right? Um, it might use like a, 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 a sonic highlighter. Yeah. To the listener to say, pay even more attention here. And this is me being emotional about what I was just telling you about. Right. Thinking that that was still going to be the case, but still having learned from this is how love sounds that my voice down here has its own. Hello, ladies (laughs) sort of situation. Right. And um <laughs> I, it's it really is. It's a terrible thing because I, I, as a man, you look yourself in the mirror. You're like, nope. <laughs> I, 
I wouldn't date me, you know, like, <laughs> but, uh, on, on, in a recording, I can almost, you know, like play dress up, you know, like you can't, I, I can make you, uh, with my word choice and my mel- melody choices and the attitude in which I sing, maybe try to attract you in a different way. And, uh, and, and that's happens with people with instruments on stages. That's the whole reason we start bands is so that we can be cooler than the quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. otherwise the quarterback's got the job of the entire school, you know? Um, so in this case, what I thought was really interesting about it, and I was sort of, I was participating in helping Adam Eckersley write a sexy song. Right. But Australians are different. They're I, saying like what's sexy in Australia isn't what's sexy here. A lot of times it's a little different. I mean, I'm going to make some assumptions here for a second. Um, people in Australia, if you go there, uh, one of the, th- the first things you notice is everyone is working out all the time. Same thing in Europe. Uh, same thing in England. I and, mean, they work out all the time. And they call it something different. They call it, uh, I'm into um, uh, fitness. Oh. Oh, would you like to participate in some fitness? I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's fitness pizza in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're, that's not where we're going. And, uh, but they're all very healthy looking, wonderful. And then, um, what I noticed is that, uh, they're just much more forward sexually in, in Australia. They're just, they say things that the Protestant me would not say. Really? Yeah. I think the girls are like, oh yeah, you won't be able to walk when I'm done with it. I'm like, what? You can't say things. And, and it, it's kind of like. Uh, it, it gets in your head and you start going, oh, well, maybe I belong here and I belong to these women. You know, like, <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's Am- the Amazon <laughs> ladies and they're the Wonder Woman's come for me. Um, it, it, but when I was talking to him about this, I was like, well, you know, why don't we use the metaphor of all the, cause we knew that the the title of the song was gonna, that was what we started with was so smooth. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's a very sexy thing because you know, like soft, like if you were touching someone's skin or you like all sorts of things, I was like, but we can go even further. You can go like, that's the way they compliment a whiskey Mm -hmm. is it's, if it's a smooth whiskey. And I was like, Oh, I was like, well, the, the coolest thing to me about smooth is when a guitar play, when a guitar plays very smooth, when it's almost like butter, Mm -hmm. you don't even hardly have to touch it. You barely touch it with your finger and it sounds great. Um, and that's how we began the conversation. And then as it goes on, we were talking about all the other things that we thought were just like, ethereally, unbelievably naturally smooth like and there's a line in here about um uh a john lennon melody which i thought was probably the pinnacle of if you waited this long in the song and you're into the metaphor Mm -hmm. i think we nailed it yeah which is whenever john lennon would sing a melody you'd think to yourself Oh, that must have already existed in the world. And you, it didn't even sound like you even realized it was a melody. It just was this beautiful thing that's so easy and soft. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's listen to the song and then I want to hear all about how you feel. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, this is from Southern Gravity. Uh, I think I called it, what did I call it? The Complete Collection. The Complete Collection. Um, this is called So Smooth. Before the stone makes a ripple on a lake Like the sheets before I kiss you awake Like the first drop of whiskey on my lips Like your skin under my fingertips You're so smooth It's a hot song, I think. It's a hot song, yeah. 
I didn't realize exactly when I was telling you ahead of time how high I sang on that. <laughs> I, I went all the way. That's a two octave run. No, you sound amazing, and the the guitar work is great. No, it's it's an it's a fantastic. Well, Adam's a guitar player. He's okay. a blues guitar player. Mm-hmm. So, um, to even like all of the references to guitar stuff and the way that it was kind of built was to help show him off whenever he records it. But you can find it if you go out onto the internet and you look for Adam Eckersley and um, uh, his his uh, his wife's name is Brooke, and um. The band that his wife is in is called the McClimates, so it's Brooke McClimate, mm-hmm. and they are a, kind of an Australian version of the Dixie Chicks. Oh, cool. So, um, but yeah, how do you feel about Sexy Time there? I mean, well, it seems a little too rock and roll to actually go make out to, but uh, I did like the attitude. Oh, no. I, yeah, no. And I, 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 I checked my phone to see. To see what? <laughs> it's like, to, how long has see... it been since I heard from you? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you today? Um, yeah. No. That's yeah. I think uh, the the line about the sheets is is pretty. Uh... No, the sheets before I kiss you awake. Yeah, yeah, that was my line. Yeah, that's a great line. Well, I just uh, there's it's a debatable thing kissing someone awake. First of all. Did you get up and brush your teeth before you start kissing them awake? Or are you just sort of rolling the bad breath morning moment? And then (laughs) two, um, is it annoying to have somebody's wet lips kissing kissing you awake? Uh, Unknown. It's probably personal preference. Personal preference. But in the mythology of a song lyric, it is definitely minus all of the logistic problems. Oh, yeah. And, and and maybe, yeah, and probably depending on where you are in the relationship, how early or late it is, it, it probably also has to do with yeah. whether or not it's okay to, uh, how much of that are you going to put up with? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and then and it's probably because we pointed it out ahead of time. Now you start trying to think about, well, what metaphors would I put in for so smooth? Right. I mean, that. You have to stay away from food references because we've talked about this before. Those are nasty. You know, smooth like the, you know, what, the, <laughs> like, I, the icing on the cake? Like the cheesecake no. you ate at dinner. Yeah, like, you can't yeah. do that. You can't say smooth like the milkshake coming out of the milkshake maker. Oh, you know, like there's all sorts of yeah, smooth like the other kind of peanut butter. You know, like you can't. <laughs> You, you have to be, you don't understand how hard it is to write songs Cindy wants, but, uh, but you can't help yourself now as a, as a, just a fan of music. When you hear metaphors like this go by, what would you have put there? Right. It's a fun, fun game to ask yourself. Are you asking me that now? Cause I, I no, no, okay. I'm just That's a statement. It. Very good. Yeah, I couldn't tell a, if it was, if it was a period or a question mark. It's like my brain can't do that right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for for joining me for yet another episode of Christian is not yet Prince, nor is he Megan the uh, uh, Stallion. (laughs) All right. right. (laughs) Until next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Christian Bush here. Cindy Watts. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of 52. 
If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Or by leaving us a voicemail at 803-900-5252. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.